0: What's up, ladies and gents? Welcome to the Elk Hunt Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Rich. And if you're new here, this podcast feed is a place for all of the elk hunting interviews that I've done over the last six or seven years. Some are Wapiti Wednesdays, some are from my original podcast. But I wanted to compile the largest collection of elk hunting knowledge and interviews ever put together, which is pretty cool. And I would love your guys' help getting it out there to the world. So if you could do me a huge favor, uh, this is a new feed. So go leave it a five-star review and maybe tell a friend about it. But thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you guys enjoy this Elk Hunting Podcast. Welcome to the show. It's WAPT Wednesday. I'm just gonna pre-apologize for this super echoey room. <laughs> so podcast studio got switched. Um, yeah, we just moved rooms, like it's not moved buildings, it's still in the warehouse or whatever. But I made a bigger room and it was funny because there's so much stuff on my list of things to take care of. And I was like trying to like over the weekend, the kids were here and I was like working on the podcast studio. And I was like, I just need to put that aside for right now until I get all this other stuff done. Yeah. Like there's a holiday sale going on with Back into Fuel and a bunch of stuff. And then I realized like I have to get the podcast studio done because we're like recording. And then it sounds like this where it sounds like I'm going to freaking empty warehouse. Yeah, so.
1: It's all right. People, <laughs> it's okay. It's just one episode. Yeah. We'll get it fixed.
0: We'll get it fixed. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so our noise um, barrier is a stack of backcountry fuel boxes. I'll which say. I don't know if it's helping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's but just a touch. Yeah it's probably just helping a little bit. <laughs> we need some of those waffles up and yeah. all that. You know some that, egg cartons.
0: Yeah I got all the all the soundproofing stuff just stacked around. There's the heads actually help. Um but probably not laying on the ground. Yeah. And I'm congering. sure the antlers
1: absorb a lot of, lot yeah. of a lot of, reverberation, a, lot of <laughs> a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, and, you know, the fur on the animals probably helps as well.
0: Yeah. So anyway, it's uh, apologies for the for the crappy audio, but we're going to deal with it. Welcome to the podcast, man.
1: Thank you. That's good to be here. It's kind of interesting. First,
0: uh, first one, first podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, like, it's not it's not that nerve wracking once yeah. you get into it. It's just kind of like. Two dudes BSing, drinking coffee or whiskey, depending on the time of day. Yeah. Today's coffee. Yeah. A little water, a little coffee. Yeah. (laughs) So, before the podcast, we were talking about like what we're going to talk about, ironically. And we were talking about how this year was kind of terrible. And you're like, man, like, I don't really want to talk about this season because it was, it was nothing or whatever. But you're like, everyone I looked at, all the, you know, all the people I follow all had crappy seasons or, boring seasons, if you will. Yeah. is that is I'm very that Uneventful. Fair? uneventful.
1: Yeah. I would say at least the first two weeks, yeah. I mean, after that, like when I left when I went to Idaho, that's when it kicked on. And mm-hmm. that's when I started seeing people kill bulls in Montana, too. And that's just what I noticed was the first two weeks was rough. man everybody I talked to everywhere I went, it was, about-
0: but isn't that always the case? i It was funny because I went out uh, opening week and mm. uh, well, opening week I was in New Mexico. And then when I came back and I was like, This is why I don't get excited. You know, you get so jacked up for hunting. You want to go out and like ready go, ready go, ready go. And you get out there and you're like, oh yeah. The first part of season, it's ninety degrees. Nothing's talking, and this is not that much fun. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I'm like
1: polar opposite, man. The first ten days of season is the best time to kill a bull. Period. Really? Really? Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, it's my favorite time. Everybody else is like, oh, it's too hot. I'm going to go chase Antelope and do whatever, yada, yeah. yada. I'm like, you guys have fun. So I'm killing a ball this week. So when I
0: moved <laughs> to Montana, dude, people, I remember one of my mentors, you know, I was like, get after it, whatever. Uh, and in Oregon, it starts really early, like 25th, or whatever, yep. uh, of August, not in September. Uh, and that's a great time to kill an elk if you if you got pattern or like kind of still summer pattern. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Montana, or not before I moved, when I started hunting Montana, uh there no one hunted. Like the locals didn't hunt until like the 20th of September. Yep. I'm like, are you kidding me? It was Peak like rut. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we don't even go out. Don't even go out, like going on, yep. like go fishing, like all that stuff. And it was funny. I was like, man, that's weird. Did you notice that too? Uh
1: yeah. I mean, so yeah, we and we both grew up there, so it was kind of funny. But I, I grew up on the east side of the Cascades. And yeah. Cody grew up on the west side of the Cascades. But so we kind of experienced a little different stuff. I didn't really focus much on Roosevelt elk. I was more so hunting that east side of the Cascades where I, we believe that they were a hybrid over yeah. there. That they're across. Yeah. Um, and those elk were like really weird. But the first, yeah, we didn't hunt elk in, in Oregon. We didn't hunt elk the first two weeks. At yeah. all. We just sat on tree stands for deer. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we sat in tree stands and water holes for deer. That's, Dude, that's what we did the first two weeks because they wouldn't talk. But then when they did talk on like the third week and fourth week, you know, that's, you know, my dad being a coach and teacher and all that, we hunted weekends and I was mm-hmm. a three sport athlete. So like we only hunted weekends for the most part and we would hunt those last two weekends. We we'd not hunt, we'd hunt know, but because that's when they actually start talking from what we found and, you know, yeah. growing up there my dad hunted his, you know, his whole life and all that, it was, uh, it was one of those deals where. We'd rather shoot a deer because we knew there's a really good chance. As long as it was dry, we are going to shoot a deer. Yeah. But the elk thing, man, growing up there, it was a lot of poached elk. It was a lot of pressured elk. And they, I honestly, it's one of the best things about my upbringing as far as a hunter, like as, as, a, as being a hunter, is that I really believe that I grew up hunting the hardest elk to kill in the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty damn positive because they, I mean, they like literally were... You, you get one to respond from, you know, across the meadow or whatever, a few hundred yards. You go around, you get out, like, because you knew where they were going to go. You knew they were going to leave the creek and the meadow and they were going to go that way. And so you go around and you try to get in front of them and you talk to them. And, like, you get in within 200 yards and cow call one time and they just leave. <laughs> and it's just like, what? Yeah. what are, you, are you kidding me? Like, they just, they wouldn't play, you yeah. know? And it, so a lot of times it was just, you'd follow them and you get them to talk. They'd talk, talk, talk. Like, as they'd go. Sometimes the bull would still be talking to you, but and there it's so flat, you go three miles yeah. until they bed down, and then they'd find this little tiny patch of like dog hair thick timber, and you'd walk up and boom, they're gone. Yeah. And you're just like, Well, I'm gonna walk back to the truck now, <laughs> which is pretty much the extent of my antelope hunting experience in Montana. So it's uh it's kind of a thing there.
0: But dude, I feel like uh, people that come from Oregon. There's a lot of good hunters that come from Oregon because I do feel like, oh, hunting Oregon is really hard. You oh, know, yeah. like I grew up hunting Roosevelt's and Blacktail's and then you're like, go hunt mule deer and Rocky's like, Well, this is way easy. Look, oh, yeah. you can see them. Yep.
1: You hear them, you can see them. Oh It's yeah. not super hard to find them. It's the different The topography though. is a huge thing, the topography here, you know, just because you can hunt North-facing slopes. Yeah. And you can look at south-facing slopes, and there they are. They're yeah. feeding, and they just go, boop, over a ridge. Yeah. And they bed down, and they don't go anywhere. The yeah. ones in Oregon, man, they're going three, four plus. Who knows how far they're going to go until they bed down. Yeah. It's just flat. Just bitter brush and lodge <laughs> poles. And, and you're just like, are we, how, are we ever going to find these elk? So
0: how much? Uh, I want to go back. like, So you said uh, early season is kind of your favorite. that still hold true in Montana? Yep. Really?
1: And that's I mean, that's where it came in. When I moved here... That's when I like when I started to realize that the first week, week and a half of season is prime time. And honestly, one of those things um, that made me kind of look into that more and focus on it more was uh, Chris Rowe. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I went to one of his um, talks at a sportsman's show and he was doing a whole like vocalization elk, you know, uh, biology conversation there. Um, And he was talking about, you know, the rut phase and all that and this is like, I was probably 19 when I went to this and um kind of like becoming my own hunter at that point. And he, um, he was talking about how, how that first week the bulls are still by themselves. They're thinking about getting cows here soon, but they're still in their little yeah. bedroom, their little zone, you know, their summer zone. And uh, if you get in there and challenge them before they even think about getting on cows, you're essentially like knocking on their bedroom door and being mm-hmm. like, Hey, get up. And like, Hey, get out of here. You know, yeah. like, good. Like get away from me. And so that they'll come, you know, yeah. and you only do with one pair of eyes, one pair of ears. It's, you know, yeah. it's easier, it's more effective. And a lot of times you can get them kind of pissed off. Yeah. And, and especially like if you can get them like right when they're really thinking about getting cows, but they don't have any yet. Yeah. And they know it's coming. Oh dude. It's
0: very much it's a wrong. timing thing. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of, I feel like it's been known that like the first week, uh, I would say it's always had first week the week leading up to the rut let's put it that way now that can fluctuate and move a little bit but the week leading up to the rut when you got bulls that are you know really starting to get their testosterone's level they mm-hmm. haven't changed either summer or routines or maybe they're just starting to you know get a little crazy that's when you have the best chance at a big bull yeah. um, for sure and even then like that's a good time for a lot of your satellites are kind of getting kicked off you know the bachelor herds are breaking up like all these things are kind of going on so there's like a little bit of chaos in the system if you will
1: yeah i mean the only thing that i don't like hunting about the rut is once those bulls have cows they're really hard to pull away in my experience and i pride myself in my calling man i (laughs) i I really like i focus a lot on calling i i'm you know so okay this is is my favorite thing honestly so
0: i mean i was the same way i grew up like hun roosevelt's calling calling competitions all that jazz like i pride myself on being the best caller i knew at the time and but not too proud to put it away because i knew i'd watch guys like dan evans chuck adams all these guys that would kill giants Mm -hmm. i was like man i want to hunt giants and those guys didn't use calls now i do feel like i can you can call any bull in there's a certain day of the month but i think probably more more odds against it than for it. Um, so, like, the guys say you can't call big bulls. I think that's false. I just think there's very few days throughout the year that he is going to succumb to that tactic, you know yeah. what I mean? So has that changed for you at all? You still feel like calling's the number one? Like mm.
1: I mean, as far as success rate goes, I'd say you can call in a bull, especially, like, a satellite bull or just uh, I mean, I've I pretty much killed – Mostly satellites, mm. honestly, like decent ones, you know, like average Montana bulls, two eighties, whatever. Um, but I've, I mean, I've talked to a ton of herd bulls, you know, like yeah. thousands of them, and and I, I've I've pulled them in, but they always hit that hundred yard mark, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't call them in. I just saying, like by yourself, it's, it's tough. tough. Right? It's really tough by yourself, yeah. and I don't have anybody that calls for me. So it's you know it's one of those deals where I, I love to call, but I don't have a shooter, or I do yeah. have a shooter. And they come, but nobody gets a shot. Or like this year they went around yeah. the bull went around two shooters. I had two guys out in front of me and he was just like all the way around came right to me, shot him 25 yards. Right. <laughs> and I, I don't understand how it works, but yeah, the, the big bull thing, um, I think, I do think it's tough to call them in, um, especially by yourself, just like once they have a lot of cows, you mm-hmm. know, cause they, they have it there. And in my experience, hunting in Montana, like public land stuff. Is that a lot of the bulls that I hunt um, and say that like, say like in central Montana, like, in the, yeah. you know, the boulders or the or the belts or things like that. It seems to me like those bulls that are average, you know, super average bulls, they, they get a little group of cows and they're content. They're yeah. totally content. You can challenge them and they'll be like, eh, okay, like, I'll talk to you, but like, let's just move away. Or, you know, or they... Just want nothing to do with you. Yeah. you know, they'll talk to you, but they're just like, "I'm not coming." Yeah, you know. And if you get too close, we'll move off. You know, like I got my four girls, I'm good. Yeah. And so they can be really tough to call in too. You know. But if you get into, I feel like the ideal scenario is you find a big herd, multiple bulls. You yeah. know, Satellites are roaming They're looking There's for cows. There's gonna
0: chaos. be chaos. There's Things are going be, on.
1: Yeah. You know, you can you can probably rattle them in at that point. Honestly, you can probably just <laughs> rattle them. I mean, I actually watched a video on that one time. I think it was, I don't know if it was Wayne Carlton, who was that? Um, but he was rattling elk and it was
0: dude it's it it works for sure i'm sure early season as i would say especially early season i would probably anytime but you go that early season bulls start getting broke up bachelor hurts are getting broke up that rattling like bulls will come in probably Mm. not your biggest and you know i talk about this quite a bit is like when you if you're just looking to kill an elk if you want if you're like totally stoked on a 280 six point um you know montana bowl which is a great bowl like don't get me wrong there's a pile of them laying around (laughs) um they're hard to pass up yeah they're really hard (laughs) to pass up like uh yeah i do think calling is the most efficient way of getting it done because you're just covering more ground Mm -hmm. um you know when you get to the 350 category like and i think it's also you can locate big bulls. so if you if i was going to montana 90% Ninety percent of the guys that listen to this podcast are like, I just want to kill a good three hundred inch bowl, and that's a three hundred inch bull is a great bowl. Like, yeah, trust me. Five like, years old. I would love to see old. most people try to pass up a three three yep. hundred inch bull. Yep. <laughs> like at twenty yards, forty yards, whatever. He's in your face. Yeah, like you, I'll you easily convinced. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, go that route, and it's like, you know, getting those experiences. Um, is just about numbers. It's like getting in front of as many bulls as you can and, and locating bulls, getting on bulls, whatever it may be. And that's kind of the, when you do the spot and stock thing, it's, man, first of all, there's a lot of people hunting where they can spot and stock. So mm-hmm. if you can see a bunch of ground and you see elk, there's going to be other people looking at them too. Oh, yeah. So like there's that variable. But at the end of the day, it's like if you can cover ground and bugle, uh find getting away from people is kind of the toughest part these days. But you're going to have more, I always say at bats because it's like, you know, what's going to make you good is getting at bats, being up to the plate, yep. you know, go, seeing enough pitches come down that strike zone. you're like, okay, I'm good at this. I know, know what I'm doing. Like the first time you step up at the bat, someone throws a fastball and you're like, Pooh, that was, that I'm supposed to hit that. You yep. know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. like, so it's the same, I think it's the same thing with elk is like, you really just got to put yourself in enough of those situations where you get comfortable. Oh yeah. Would you agree?
1: Oh yeah. No question. I mean, it's, it's all about opportunities. You got to find as many elk as possible. And that's, that's. Why, I mean, I focus on timber. I I don't hunt the eastern Montana stuff. I, I, I think I'm going to tap into it this next year. I think I'm going to scout it more and kind of tap into it and just be a little more versatile and try to see, you know, what the deal is over there. Um, but I focus on timber, man. I mm-hmm. want to hunt mountains. I don't want to see those elk until they're right in front of me. <laughs> and uh, it's because I love calling. You yeah. Know? I, I love calling more than I like shooting them. It's my yeah. favorite thing is calling elk. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no question that. That's the case. Do you think most
0: people struggle with kind of hunting areas where they can't see? Um. Hey guys, real quick interruption to tell you a little secret that I picked up. And if you want to be a good elk hunter, there's one thing that I've noticed that every great hunter I've ever interviewed does that almost every new elk hunter does not do. And it's having a system. And in my own quest to become a better hunter, I set out to learn from all of the best hunters out there. And the one thing they all have is a system that took them years to develop. If you want the blueprint that I've developed after hundreds of interviews, go check out the new Elkhunt 201 course. It's a four-step system for being a more successful hunter. This is the fast track that took most of these guys 10 plus years to develop and even myself. So go check it out. Hunt 201 the links in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoy it so far. People have loved it from new hunters to vets. I've had so many messages and seems to be a, a big hit. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope it adds value to your elk hunting career.
1: Not necessarily. I mean, it just depends on your style. I See, like stuff that I hunt typically, it seems like some, a lot of guys that I run into, they're like, they're still hunters, you know, mm. creep around real slow. They just keep their eyes open. Because a lot of times, I mean, especially in that early season when they're not talking a lot, it's just, yep, they could be right there. Not, yeah. not talking at all, not making any noise. And you know elk with their little hook, or I mean, they're big hooves, but they're small relatively compared to your feet. And they're like ghosts, man. If they oh, want to be yeah. quiet, they're, you yeah. can't yeah. hear them. It's amazing. Know? So you just sneak around. It's like, oh. And like, I've got, I've like developed this ability to find elk with my eyes that it's like, I like this eagle eye for elk. I don't know what it is. I could like walk around the timber. It's like, there's one. There's like any little thing. It's like, it could be, it's butt, the stripe on its butt, the side, it could be like anything. And I'm like, boom, right there. Uh, I think a lot of guys do that. They just, they want to sneak around and find them, you know, and just sneak up to them and try to shoot. So them the that guy that way. hunts early like call, season.
0: Or they like, just can't. Yeah. And I think, so this is the downside to early season. It's hot. Nothing's talking, right? So then you're like, okay, if you only get 30 minutes in the evening in the morning to hunt, it's really hard to be effective, right? So, mm. you know, what's, I guess, what's your midday game plan early season? Oh, uh, well. What's your if, average day look like? Because like, I, I know was, there's like so many difference. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So if I was.
1: Hypothetically. If I was just literally trying to kill an elk, I would sit on a water bowl. I'd sit on a wallow and I would just wait. Or I'd sit in a tree stand on a wallow, you yeah. know, because that's what I grew up doing. I can do it. I don't want to. All right. So like when I'm elk hunting, I'm on the ground, it's, it's game time. So for me, it's early, you know, like getting out there at first, first shooting light Because in a lot of places I hunt, I'm camping pretty close to where I'm going to find elk. hell. They could be right next to camp. Yeah. No question. It happens all the time. Um, so I don't necessarily get up at like three in the morning and go out and do all that. Cause I, I know there's elk there. I've scouted it. I've hunted it, whatever, you know, multiple different areas. And so I'll get up when I can shoot and, take off. Right. And it's locator bugles, clean, you know, that kind of stuff. Maybe start out with some cow calls before that, even, uh, but just clean, elongated bugles, nice whistle, not a lot of tone to it and see what happens. And a lot of times bulls respond, you know, I mean, I have, I have calling ridges that I've gotten, you know, six bulls respond damn near every time I call off of it. And then it's just a matter of where are we going, which one are we chasing today, you know, pick one. And, uh, but for the most part, it's just get out, locate, you know, if not some talks, Cool. Start sneaking around, cow calling, whatever. So and if like if nothing talks, south, is there a time?
0: Slopes? Like, okay. So you're like, okay, we go out. Say you and I, we're going hunting, right? We're mm-hmm. like, hey, let's, let's walk this ridge out, bugle. Surely something's going to answer. So we walk the ridge out. We bugle every couple hundred yards. Like, man, nothing, nothing talking. Let's go over to this little saddle over here. We bugle off that. Nothing's talking. Like what time are you like, all right, let's sneak through this north face?
1: Uh, right. I mean, well, it depends on the warmth. and yeah. some temperature and all that. Um, How much sun is out. All those things but typically you're looking at nine o'clock yeah. they're, they're gonna start moving to north sides um if it's really hot even earlier than that yeah. um, but if it's cloudy and cool they'll, they'll hang out yeah. you know they're, they're big animals and they need they need to stay cool so it all depends on temperature but uh, yeah i'd say like if nothing really responds or happens for me uh by about nine ten i'll Probably take a nap. <laughs> you know, like I'm a big napper. It's like, my, like I love a taking nap a nap guy. in the woods. Oh yeah. <laughs> like as a Nothing bartender, matters. I nap like regardless. <laughs> but when I'm in the woods, it's the best time to nap. <laughs> it's so good. You just find a little shaded spot. Weird. It's warm. Oh yeah. So good. Um. So yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I'll go is like you know I'll sneak around through that stuff where I know they're gonna be feeding and hanging out milling in the morning. Um. You know, if if they're not talking much, that's I'll focus on that stuff. Keep your eyes open. Move slow. Avoid bear grass because that's. Oh, I hate those. I hate bear grass. It's so loud. You can't even walk through it. Um, And it seems to be everywhere. But um, yeah, focus on like that kind of feeding area stuff. And I like to stay in an area where I can pop right over and get into a north facing slope. And I, cause I know they're going to bed down on north facing slopes. And a lot of times I've followed elk from their, from their feeding night zones to their bedding areas so many times I know where they're going to bed in general. They're not always mm-hmm. going to be in the same spot, but yeah. you know that oh, they're going to go up on this hillside somewhere. They're going to be up here, and then at that point, that midday thing. And that's what's like really interesting when I see people like Corey and, and like the like the Born and Raised guys and all that, and they focus on that that midday. Is I've had some experiences midday, but a lot of my stuff they don't really talk much. I've put bulls to bed, waited, gone, pissed them off, and they just. They might like get kind of fired up every once in a while, but for the most part, a lot of times they just, I know they're there, and they yeah. won't even talk. They're just yeah. like, nah, I'm good." And you sneak in there, boom, we bust them out. You're like, "Yeah, what the,
0: you know?" Well, it just depends on temperature. So, I mean, the cat road shuffle, if you will (air quotes there), uh, it's born and raised term where they like just chuck, oh, yeah. go, go down roads and, and call. I mean, they're essentially they're looking for the one hot one. Yep. You know, they they don't care if they walk by four or other ones that aren't talking because it's not the game. Yep. Um, you know, and that's always tough. It's like. <clears throat> If you know there's elk, I've, I've been there where elk are using this timber patch. I know he's bugling in the evening, in the morning, and I just can't get him to say anything. He's just gonna bed down. Gonna, you know, he. I know he can hear me, and he's just sitting in that 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 timber face. You know, sometimes you can kind of work on him all day and, and bugle at him every hour, and, and then maybe he'll get excited, or you can just move on to the next one. You know, yep. I don't know. Cat, I mean, I used to do the carrot shuffle thing. I was like, that's the that's the West Coast. You know. In, Special right there. Everything the to play with. Jump on your mountain bike and cover as much ground as you can. Because, yeah. like, you know, when you're hunting Roosevelt, it's like it's so few and far between oh, that yeah. you couldn't just be like, I'm going to hunt this north slope. Like, you just, I mean, shit, you'd waste it's a days. Jungle, man. It,
1: it could be anywhere. Yeah, it and could be like, anywhere. that stuff that went like all those furs and all that. Like, yeah.
0: There could be entire canyons with no elk in them. You oh, yeah. know, like there's just so few and far between and they tend to like hold up in their little pockets. It's like, that's why it becomes that. Yeah. Whereas when you come to Montana, you have way more elk on, on North face. It's like the number per square mile of, of good, you know in good habitat, right? Like there's definitely drainages with no elk in them in Montana, but, yep. um, but you get into an elky area and there's like little pockets everywhere. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. like, the statistical odds of going on a good timbered slope, the right pitch, the right density. And you're like, oh, this, this looks elky, you know, there's trails through it, whatever. Like the odds of elk are high being in that, that timber patch. So you're like, you know, if you go through this timber patch, there's probably elk in it you know, you could sneak in and, and whether they're saying something or not, doesn't really matter. You know, yeah. you could kind of move close. Whereas when you, when you grew up in Roosevelt country, it's like pff, you could walk miles and never
1: yeah. see. No, them. You could walk right by them.
0: Yeah.
1: I know. They could be five yards away. You yeah. not know. They wouldn't even know. I've heard these crazy things about like blacktails in Oregon, like laying down oh, yeah. instead of, instead of running away. If you scare them, they just lay down. Oh yeah. And then guys are, like stop and like look over and like, Oh, there's a deer in the bush right there. Like just, <laughs> just looking at me like, Blacktails are a whole other
0: animal. They're, they're uh, different. I don't know how like many of these stories. You hear a lot of old timers. I remember old timers being like sitting up against a tree and watching, you know, deer like crawl, belly crawl yep. in oh, yeah. front of them. Yeah, you know, like
1: <laughs> I, I've heard all that stuff. It's I don't know, man. Like <laughs> doesn't surprise me though. I mean, yeah, you're gonna adapt, and when you live in a jungle like that, you got to.
0: So midday, you know, trying to hit the north slopes. do You ever do any calling?
1: Oh yeah, I call all day long. Does I it, mean, it just kind of depends. Like, this, sometimes you can get elk to talk all day. Yeah. I mean, no question. Like, you can have them talking the entire time you're out there. Yeah. You know, it could be different herds or whatever. I mean, opening day for us in 2018, it, it was ridiculous. We saw hundreds of elk on one mountain. And, the, I mean, there was bulls talking all over the place. Cows were just, just going off. Man. It was just, like,
0: chaos, you know? Yeah.
1: Everywhere we went, we found another group of elk. It was just like.
0: So how much has your, your strategy changed from opening week, I would say opening weekend, to prime rut, late september
1: mm. honestly it, do, it doesn't change much i mean i get a little i get more challenging later yeah. um i i start more to aggressive. get more aggressive and like yeah i really start like throwing out some rasp and stuff like when i'm calling uh, a little later in the season but that's just because you're trying to play if you're trying to play ball with him the big mm. one yeah you got to challenge him yeah. and you got to sound like a bull that's worth his time. Otherwise, that's a huge, that's a huge piece. That
0: I don't think people understand. I think there's a lot of people that can't bugle big enough to draw the attention. Like yeah. I have, I have played that game with a lot of bulls where, you know, I'm trying to match them and they just didn't care. Yep. Didn't care. And the bigger I got, the more interest he got, you know, like yeah. just harder, growlier, you know, more aggressive. Then it was like, I have watched, watch bulls bugle at me and walk away. Yep. And then I'd go bigger and then, come back and you could tell they're thinking about it and then he'd walk yeah. away Oh yeah! and the bigger you got the more interested he got <laughs> but it's like imagine imagine this you're out you're you know this bull gets bugled at all day every day he's deciding what's really a threat and what's not yep. you know and so if if 10 bulls, There's probably 10 bulls around. Let's say five, five satellite bulls that are rag fives and whatever. They, they don't, yeah. They don't, he doesn't care about those. He no. can't go run off and fight every five point that beagles at him. No, and I think those no small bulls, they know yeah. no, they're
1: not, they don't yeah. stand a chance.
0: Yeah. Well, and but he's not going to leave his herd to go no. mess with them. You know, he's, that's not a real threat. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, p- some people, you know, I say how, what you sound like doesn't matter that much, but, it does in that perspective. Like you still knowing what to say, when to say it. But if you really want to start challenging bulls, you kind of got to sound like at least a threat. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a perfect bugle. There's a difference. You know, you can sound gravelly and weird and oh, yeah. not and perfect. I've
1: heard so many elk that yeah. you were like, there's no way that was an elk. But and then all the, of a sudden it's standing there and you're like, "Oh shit, it was an elk.
0: But <laughs> you've also heard dudes that like go to challenge bugle and it sounds like a, you know, flutey, like, eh, that's the wrong he said the wrong thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I mean, and then you, and then you talk to some guy like shot one. And he's like, yeah, I've been bugling all day and nothing was really going on. So I pulled out my old power bugle out of my pack and <laughs> let it rip one time. Just a nice squealy, terrible call and boom, here you come. I shoot him. You yeah, know, like you yeah. hear those stories too. And you're like what in the world. But I, I don't, I don't believe that necessarily like throwing out bad calls is a, is a good tactic. Right no. <laughs> that, I'm all about sounding yeah. as realistic as possible all the time.
0: For sure. And, uh,
1: yeah, that's like a really interesting thing is there's so much to talk about. I mean, we could do 20 podcasts about calling elk and it's, it's really interesting how every bull's different, you know, like they're, they're just like humans. And when people are like, Oh, I don't understand elk. Like how, like how to sound like, how to sound like one or what they're saying and all this stuff. Like when I'm hunting with my buddies, a lot of times now I'll, I'll I'll just like ask them well, well, like while we're out there bulls talking, I go, what did you just say? You know, cause I'm trying to like educate them as well. I'm like, cause I want them to be successful. I want them to be able to call for me too. Yeah. I'm gonna lie to you. Uh, so it's kind of one of those deals where I'm like, what did he say? And they go, I don't know. You know, like you told me and I'm like, well, he's, he's saying like, I'm over here. Yeah. You know, like, or whatever. It could be whatever, you know? And I, I'm trying to help them understand because in reality, the thing is you just got to dumb it down. I mm. mean, Elker, they're, they're just like humans. Like everyone's got a different, they all have different temperaments they all have different intentions. Some are lovers, some are fighters. Some just Mm. want to be alone. You know, like you don't really know until you kind of try to start to dissect them, you know, like as you're talking to them you just kind of take it easy at first and like kind of feel them out and like, what are you about? And then sometimes they'll turn on on their own. They're just like, and you're like, Oh, okay. He's pissed. Like for some reason, I don't know if he's got a cow or two and he doesn't want to lose him or he's just a fighter. Maybe he's just an aggressive elk <laughs> who knows you know yeah. like and it's just it's so interesting how everyone it's just a huge game of chess and, Dude, and, and you're gonna lose so many
0: times that's the best part about calling elk is that you know it's for me like i love getting the screen battles um the super aggressive elk that's fun but to me flipping the switch on an elk and taking oh, yeah. it from passive to like him coming that's that's the i won moment oh, you know yeah. what i mean i think anyone who calls animals whether it's ducks turkeys elk whatever like that's like you convinced that animal to come to you. Yeah, you like spoke their language. Yeah, like, yeah and you yeah. said
1: the right thing.
0: Yeah, and yeah. you took it from like this passive conversation to like a very heated debate. Yeah, it was like, "Hey,
1: I'm over here," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm over here." And you're like, I'm he's like, and then you get a little closer, <laughs> and you go, I'm, uh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna come over there and take one of your girls." He's like, "No, you're not." And you're like, "Bet," and he's like, mm. and then you're just like, "Hey, uh, f you," and he's like, "All right, that's it. We're yeah, fighting." You know, like. It. And yeah, that that that's my favorite forward. moment is the is the screw you, man. And he's like, yeah. oh, all right. And you can just tell you can hear it in their voice. Like, I mean, you got to throw it out too. Like, that's how you got to challenge them first. Mm-hmm. And then when he fires back, you're like, all right, yeah, here we go. I gotta
0: I love I love the moment when you're pushing an elk and he's like going away, but you can tell he's getting pissed off. And then mm-hmm. maybe he'll go back down, but yeah. you're like you're following and following. And I can pick out a few times in my life where I've heard that that bull turn around just in the tone of his oh, yeah. bugle, and you're like, yep. oh, game switch." And it was like he turned around, you know, like he was like going this way, and he decided, like, you know what, I'm coming back.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That, ha- that, that was like a couple of times for me. That actually happened this year in Idaho with my parents. My dad and I both had tags in Idaho, and my mom was with us. She, uh, I actually taught her how to call elk in a drive-through car wash. <laughs> in spokane washington at my sister's <laughs> track like club meeting thing she was she's like, like a throwing meeting and uh training camp and so yeah she was just like oh, i'd like to you know go like hunt with your dad more often yada yada and i was i had some diaphragms in the truck and i was like here's a diaphragm it's like i'm gonna teach you how to sound like a an elk. and she like and so she cow calls a lot and stuff and she'll bugle too it's, really yeah she's actually really good now uh <laughs> it's pretty cool to watch her progress but um yeah. So we were in Idaho, same kind of thing. We had this bull talk and he wasn't super fired up, but then he, we just kept chasing him because he was still interested in the same thing. It was just like, got in on him, old logged, like kind of logged areas, kind of cut out, you know, it was timber, but it was kind of cut out and had this bull up on this ridge and we just kept chasing him and chasing him. We probably chased him close to a mile by the time I got him to turn around, but you could tell, I mean, it was just yeah. boom, you know, it was like when I, like we got close enough and I just, Pissed him off and started raking trees and he was like, all right, that's it. And he came down started tearing trees up and all that. But he kept that high line where he had vision. You know, he just didn't want to come any closer. He's about 45 for my dad. He snuck in there and, you know, it's one of those things where if my dad had had more experiences, like in these type of scenarios, he would have known like he's distracted. I need to move up a little bit, you yeah. know? And, um, and if he did, he have smoked yeah, him. Yeah. He would have shot him probably 25 yards. And then I had one over, over the boulders. That was probably the biggest bull I've ever seen in person. Um, same kind of thing. He just, he would talk, but he just kept going and going. And he had like a couple cows. I just kept chasing him and chasing him. And then a grouse popped up on a log. So I switched arrows, shot the grouse through <laughs> back through my path. You know, that's a guarantee. You can't pass those up. That's a land. So, uh, so I keep going. And then, and then it was just one of those things where like, I didn't even like challenge him and piss him off. I just, I think I just pushed his buttons enough. You could tell that last one, he was like, that's it. I'm yeah, done. yeah, And he just, and he came back and I was like, Oh, and I'm like looking for shooting lanes. And also I'm like, I don't see him. The little, little meadow, the roads right next to him. He's like damn near on the road and the sun's right in my face. And I can't see him. I'm like, I don't know. Like he's at. Yeah. I know he's right here somewhere. And then like, I was like I'm going to move forward. So I like took a step in the open. Uh, he was standing behind a tree in the shadows, just looking at me and he turned and antlers back to his ass. Just, yeah, just, just <laughs> trotting away. I was like, Oh my
0: God. <laughs> I had one in Oregon one time and, uh, this bull, it was one of those where I'd sat up on the hill and I had worked this bull a few days. So I had some history, but every time he would start bugling and then the herd was moving and you can never catch up. So it was like, play a guess and check where he is. As soon as he starts bugling, he's like moving away and you can't keep up. It was just really big country. so it was oh, tough. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to get across with him, see if I can't get him fired up early. So I just sat there all day, you know, take a nap and then bugle, take a nap, you know, bugle, just dink around, hang on all day. And he still wouldn't fire up. And then finally, it was like 3 third in the afternoon. He, like, pipes off once. I was like, oh, OK. I know where you're at now. So I start moving. And I think the herd, like, came back that way towards where I was. I should have just mm-hmm. stayed there. Long story short is I ended up start following him and doing the bugle, like, trying to get him to turn around, trying to get him to turn around, trying to and I heard it. And I was like, I was just trying to get a little bit closer. And I heard it in his voice. And I thought it. I was like, man, that was aggressive. And I like, I was like, I want to get up another 50 more yards. And then it'll be money. And we about head on to each other, come yeah. around this bush. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had already come back. And we were like, we just came around this big bush and was like, Oh, like right in my face. Hey, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, so mad, man. And then like, it still didn't screw up. I think it scared him so much that it was like, he bumped and I like bugled at him and he like, didn't know. And they like barked at me once. And I was like, just over this hill. And, and like, I was like, God, I, I think I screamed at him one more time. And I should have just like, let carry Like in hindsight, I would have let curiosity kill the cat and just like snuck back around. Cause he probably would have stayed there just a little bit longer. Yep. But I was like trying to call. I'm like, he. I, try to call him back again it was like that was not happening he yeah. knew something was goofy that's as funny
1: as man and like if you're good enough at calling there's something i swear there's times where they they know like because they'll see you but they're so convinced that you're an elk they're just mm-hmm. like ah, something's funky yeah. but like i'm not leaving you know, yeah, like, yeah. I really believe there's elk here. I mean, Yeah,
0: I really do. <laughs> yeah, Oh,
1: yeah. That same day that I called that bull in for my dad this year, we called a spike in. And, like, in the open, and he just ran right to us. You mm-hmm. know, dad stood up in the open, drew in the open, bulls just came and was, I mean, it's a spike. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, he was so convinced. Because all three of us were just sitting on stumps just cow calling. You know? Like, yeah. Last 15, 20 minutes of light. And yeah. just three people just, just throwing yeah. out cow calls. And he was like, there's a herd elk over there. And he just poof. You know, it's like like, when that
0: happens, when you get the bark or like the bump in the bark, if they see you, it's never over if they see you. It's Mm. over if they smell you. Oh, yeah. And you know, Uh, because it sounds like a train going through the (laughs) woods. Yeah. But like the bark's a pretty good indication that. Most forward progress has stopped mm-hmm. <laughs> in this in yeah. this situation. But what you can do, you know, I'll rake and rake. If you got a shooter, like just start raking, just draw attention mm-hmm. and like let like, carry. It, like the raking, I feel like gives more because they can't. They know they can't see you, but they see the bush moving. It's almost like they see you. They yeah. see it. Yeah. You know, like, it's like oh, an indication. It shouldn't. You know, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> if you're if you're the the shooter in a caller shooter situation, and the caller gets picked off. And he starts raking. That should be an indication that you now have to make all final moves and like Last risk risk it all. Oh yeah, like risky for yeah, risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, it for the biscuit. Like this isn't gonna like you know you know when your shooter's like oh, I was just hoping he's gonna. and I'm like no. There was like just assume where he is is where you're going to shoot him if at all possible. Yep. So just make force the shot. And I always say like when I say force the shot, I'm like there's times when you feel like it's over. You got to make the moves in plain sight and hope you don't get caught or whatever mm-hmm. and like because so many people i've had so many shooters that are like ten uh, minutes. yeah well timid like just think they can't move like oh he was looking at me i'm like yep. things went sideways i don't care if he's looking at you like there mm-hmm. was like we're not he's not gonna go 20 yards then come back you know we're not gonna get into him again yeah. probably
1: yeah it's I a done deal it's, it's now <laughs> or never Make yeah. it happen, or yeah sit there and just watch
0: yeah and like <laughs> i've done that where it's like um i had it one time in idaho bowl uh Bull hung up. He caught me moving that one last time, you know, and barks at me. And so I start raking and I just like came to full draw and stepped out. And like, I had to go like 10 feet, like yep. just keep walking. I mean, I'm full sight. Now it's like, I'm pot committed. Yep. This bull is looking, he is looking at a person walking yeah. around oh, a tree. Yeah. Like Point there, of There's not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not hiding this, <laughs> Yeah. but I have to get my front of my bow and arrow around, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, but he'll give you those, you know, those moments. And sometimes they're just like. They just don't put so, it together. Yeah.
1: Every once in a while, they just... Especially, like, in the right light and things like that. Yep. be shadows and all that. Yeah. I mean, they you know you're in plain sight. But yeah. so there's, there's times where I don't know what it is, but they'll just... they will give you a minute. Yeah, They'll look at you for yeah. a while. I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure, if I remember right, I shot one that was the same kind of thing. It was... I don't know what, what year that was, but I feel it was the same kind of deal. It was like, He's, he sees me. I know <laughs> he sees me. You yeah. know, I'm just like, there's no way he doesn't. still just... You're like, well, he's either going to run away or, or he's I'm going to step out and I'm going to shoot him and yeah. then he's going to run away. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like I got two options. Might as well try. Yeah, You know, what's the worst that can happen? So,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, a lot of shooters like they are, they get timid or they or they just are inexperienced or whatever. I mean, there's things that happen. You know, it's just it's Sometimes they're, they're just having of the their experience game. playing chess, you know, yeah. and they're and they're seeing it. They're not even the ones calling and playing the actual game. They're just observing, trying to learn how to play the game. Yeah, You know, and it's it's. Yeah, it's a big learning curve. There's a lot to learn out there, man. And you you never stop learning. Yeah. You know, I'm talking I talk to buddies a lot that are, you know, more Getting into elk hunting, like with a bow and stuff, or whatever, and they're you know they're learning how to call and they're you know doing all these things, and I watch them progress. You know, or they'll be like, you know, I learned a lot this year. Like, yeah, absolutely. You're gonna learn a lot every year. You're, yeah. There's there's never. And you gonna screw
0: up things that you thought were you were done screwing up. <laughs> oh, Yeah. And
1: sometimes Mother Nature screws you. You're like, uh-huh. oh, like oh, wind's perfect. Switches real quick. And like, what in the world? Like yeah. we had it. It was perfect. Yeah. You know. And I'll, I mean, you, you have to just know, look
0: at it an odds game though. I think it's you get to a point where you're like, you know. Uh, yep. That's screwed up. Like, dang it. You know, say the win switches or they just didn't play the move or whatever. Like it's an, it's a numbers game. Like you put yourself in enough enough situations, Mm. enough at bats and like ones, you know, you're going to hit a home run eventually. Yeah. Um, and that's, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a bad, like if that's like a bad thing or like, that's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely. I I think one of the best, like one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make is that they don't think about the fact that when an elk is coming into a challenge, they want to see the other bull first, mm-hmm. so they're going to take the higher route almost always. Like, you have to at least be straight side hill from them. Like, if you're downhill, you know they're going to be above you, and if the yeah. wind's going up, you're screwed. So if you're, if you're a caller with a shooter out in front of you, that shooter needs to be uphill from you because so that just in case he can still shoot downhill, but there's a, there's a really, really good chance that he's going to go above the shooter. You know, because he wants to get that point well, of view. He wants like, to see you before he commits to fighting you.
0: What was the what happened this year when the bowl went around both so of those shooters? Like that was kind of
1: an interesting deal. Um, so we were we had seen these elk the evening before on this ranch. We it's kind of funny because we were striking out. It was like the we were I don't know, eight nine days in the season and heard like one. And like actually, I don't think we had even heard an elk at that point. It, yeah because we were still in the belts nothing had talked at that point and i don't even know well my um my buddy tyler's dad came out from minnesota and shot a shot a cow on the second day of season on a on a water hole meadow but they didn't talk obviously yeah. um so it was it was really bad but anyway so like we are just throwing a dart you know just like let's go for a drive and go scout some stuff and see if we can find like another area that we haven't hunted before we run into this guy on this bad road, and we talk to him about the road. And we're like, "How bad is it?" And he goes, "Yeah, I was just watching these elk this morning down this ranch." And he's like, "They're always down there, just bugling, going off, you know." And he, like he's like, "Yeah, they're they're doing their elk thing, you know, but they're on this ranch, and you can you can watch them, but you can't get to them." Yeah. And I'm and I'm like, "Isn't that the ranch? It's like right below where we've been hunting." So, then, uh, <laughs> so then, like so we drive back, and it's like sunset, you know, like evening. And we're driving by this ranch, and here they come. Here comes a shit pile of elk just running out of the mountains. And I'm like, they're coming out of national forest. Like, those <laughs> elk are coming out of public land. And so the next morning, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Let's go hunt the fence, yeah. you know, essentially. And I hate doing that. And we were still a couple hundred yards from the fence, but. Um, I don't like hunting that those border uh, things. It makes me nervous, man. Like when you shoot one, and I mean, even if panicked. you even if you hit them well, and they just bolt and they jump that fence. I mean, it's like you don't know. Some of these landowners, they'll be like, "No, absolutely not. You can't go get it." Yeah. So I don't like to play that game, but it was the only option we had. So we get in there in the morning. There's another group of dudes from Florida. And Wait, what I know, and they're all spraying <laughs> down scent killer, which. I'll, Uh, another another podcast to be done at some point does scent killer work uh so they're spraying down scent killer wearing ghillie suits and jeans and all this stuff right nice and so i was like well we got these guys beat i don't know if they know these elk are here or not but we just take off we're already ready to go Throw our packs on to go and uh we get over there and we forget this, you know, get one of the elk to respond, um, pretty quick, and but there's probably four or five bulls in there. I mean, there's at least, I mean, there was like four or five that were talking. So we get out in front of them when we know that, so the, obviously the wind's going to go downhill. So that's not good because it's going right to them. But, um, it was one of those deals where we had to go along the fence line. The wind is going to the fence, straight to the fence, straight downhill. Um, But we get across this meadow, and you can tell, like, I call once, and two respond, and then he calls. And then the one I killed responds again, and he's definitely closer. It was like, okay, that one's not that far. And we check the wind, and it's actually going off our right side to our left side to this little creek and then down the meadow. And we're on this little, I do not even call it a ridge. It was more like a tree, like finger of timber that goes Mm down. Um, It had a, a little bit of a ridgeness to it. But uh, we were on this thing, and it was just enough of a ridge topography that the wind was actually sloping down to our left. And yeah. so it was one of those really lucky scenarios. Like, if that wind was normal, if it was just a straight face, that wind would have went right to that whole herd, and they would have never came up to us. There's no yeah. way. But um, because it was shooting off our left side, I, I had my two shooters down. I had one on the, edge of the, on the edge of the timber, and I had one probably 40 yards into the timber below me. And you could tell he was in a straight line. You could tell he was right below us. So I start calling, start cow calling a lot. I bugled a couple of times, but I mostly was focused on cow calls because I knew he was a satellite. And he just came, and like he, but he came around. He came all the way around them. He went probably fifty to sixty yards around them through all this thick timber. Like you're looking at it, and it's all this timber, young growth, whatever. Like a lot of blowdown, like everywhere in Montana. Yeah damn bow down. So he, and he's just sneaking through it. Just, just comes right through. And like, I, I see him and he, he passes, he passes Roger and Tyler and I'm like, okay, like I should probably grab my bow, you know, <laughs> like, and so I, I take it off the pack and normally when I have two shooters, I don't even pack my bow. Yeah. So this, I was like, well, that's a good thing I have this thing. Cause here he comes, you know, and Tyler and Roger didn't even know I even had my bow there. So they're trying to sneak in on it, They're trying to call him back. They're trying to cow call And this bull is so convinced that there's an elk where I am. He was just like, he just came and he's standing there like 30 yards around this big dead tree. I can't shoot him. And he's just like, he bugles and chuckles in my face, but he did it really quietly. You would have thought he was like 200 yards. If I didn't know he was standing right there at 30, I'd have been like, that bull's ways over there. But um, then he just kind of turns and walks in this little patch of timber. And then I was like, well, now I have to move forward because then he bugles (laughs) again away. And it sounded like he had moved away. So I was like, well. I'm going to get up a little bit closer and see what happens here. So you he look a little closer. He never left. He stayed right there. And then he just boop, stepped out about 25 yards. Had no idea. standing with his head behind a tree. Body's wide open. Smoking. Ramcat did his job. Done deal. Nice. You know, toppled him in like 20 seconds he's dead. But
0: it's so funny how it can be like such a bad hunt and you're just miserable. One bugle all year, if any. That's break. And then it's like. It happens so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people get discouraged early, and it's like it can all change so fast. Another thing that I
1: want to talk about this year specifically, everybody's wondering because I, like I said, like everybody I talked to was like it was garbage, it was so bad. I'm like, yeah, I agree. (laughs) So, like my theory about this is that it's the smoke. Okay, like Mm. now the smoke. If you think about an elk being like a prey animal, essentially, is that they. They rely on their senses so heavily that I think smoke is exactly like fog. And what I've experienced is like when a heavy fog rolls in, silence. They don't talk. I think it's because they can't see. (laughs) They can't see. They can't smell. They can't hear. They're not going to talk. And I've noticed that in all kinds of scenarios. But this year, the smoke was so bad that it was like, I think those elk are like, their noses were jammed from the smell. They couldn't smell anything. And they couldn't see through the smoke. So they are just like, let's just keep it low, guys. quiet. Because as soon as I went, as soon, like as soon as I went to Idaho on the nineteenth, the smoke cleared off and it was on. It was really? Boom! Like elk were just going off, and it was funny because when I scouted to Idaho in the last week of August, I had bulls going. and then that smoke rolled in right during hunting season started, and then it kind of cleared off for a little while. Yeah. Boom! It was back. It was on. Really? And, oh yeah. It was, and it was like there was no question. As soon as the air cleared, boom. I, and I don't think that was even necessarily like the peak rut thing. I think it was more like they've been wanting to, because yeah. that's what they do. You know, they only have so many weeks to breed, you know. Yeah, I don't really like see I
0: it. was under I feel like it, it felt like perpetual pre-rut to me. Like it was there was bulls bugling, but it was not the bulls that were supposed to be bugling. I never like I didn't get into a big bull until October. Yeah. Uh I never saw a big bull rutting until October. Mm. And I talked to a lot of people, it was like you know, it, it definitely wasn't hot per se, yeah. but then there's be like, oh yeah, there's, you know, there's bulls going crazy. I'm like, yes, technically I saw elk rutting, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the top 25% of bulls. It was just like, you know, it's, it's always tough because like if, if, uh, a, you know, a four-year-old six point is rutting doesn't tell me a whole lot you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like he's gonna be rutting he's gonna be going crazy pretty much no matter what yeah he's an 18 year old old. boy running around like (laughs) yes yes technically the elk were bugling and he was rutting but i was like it just felt like pre-rut it was like forever you know big bulls i'd watch him just leave and i watch decent bulls be there one day and gone the next you know it was Mm -hmm. like the changeover was really quick. It wasn't like there was enough cows and heat to, to hold them, you know? And like, this is like pretty open country stuff, but it, that's the benefit of being able to see is like, I can tell you which bowl is where, when, you know, I was like, man, I just feel like it didn't kick off yeah. like for a while. And yeah, I, I, believe I it. this is a weird year for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I didn't even hunt in like, Idaho once, or in uh, October. Once I got back from Idaho, I mean, I was already tagged out here and yeah. My buddy's knee was all busted up and I was just like, okay, well, you know, like were I you in I'll Idaho last week a season? Focus on getting married now, huh?
0: Were you in Idaho last week of season?
1: Uh no. Just well. Yeah, I guess it would no, I wasn't there the last week. Wait a second. So theirs ends 30th or
0: something. Yeah.
1: So I was there the 19th to the twenty seventh. So, so we, we had yeah, we had like three days left of season. The last we, week we take off. Season. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. I heard that was good. in Idaho. I know yeah. a lot of people got into elk. It was good. Man. Like it was, And it
1: was funny. Cause we pulled up to this campsite and, um, guy comes out with a bull and, uh, like just the head and I'm like, Hey man, like, you know, sweet. Cool. You know, and talking good to him or whatever. Man. And I was like, how's it been? You know, I was like, have you been here for a while? And he was like, he's like, yeah, I've been here for like the last week. Cause like, how's it been? He's like trash. He was like been? Was like, trash. Was like really? was terrible. I just another person that was like, it's mm. garbage, you know, like, and then he's like, and then today, it, like the stars finally aligned, you know, yeah. like I finally got a break, bulls talking, snuck in on a shot. him. I was like, all right, well that's, that's, that's good. Goodness, yeah. like good timing, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I think we hit it right this year as far as that timing went. Um,
0: if you had to pick one week, first week season, first week season, yeah. even Idaho. Uh,
1: so you have Ohio Idaho
0: tag Montana tag.
1: Yeah. I mean, so like if, I mean, definitely Montana, I, I'd have to spend more time in Idaho. Cause that's the first time I've ever hunted it. Um, and I think I'm going to hunt Wyoming next, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know, man. I, even when we were there right before season started, it was still good. Actually, we were there. Yeah, we did scout it once. Yeah. So when bulls were bugled, it was actually their opening weekend is what it was. It was mm-hmm. opening day. It, it So it was like the, what, the 28th or whatever it was of August this year. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of yeah. a weird day. It was like right at the end of August and bulls are going off. They had cows on it. Um but yeah, I mean, I feel like anywhere, you give me like the first week, if it's mountains, yeah. If it's like this kind of stuff that we hunt in Montana where it's like, m- like mountains and timber, mountains and, you know, like plenty of water sources and all that. Yeah, like definitely for, for like first season or first yeah. week.
0: Because the upside to Idaho um, is that you know montana doesn't start like was it this year start started the seventh yeah. so you get a full week of hunting before montana even opens mm-hmm. i don't know you know i used to like play that game of like oh i go to idaho for a week and then come back here but I, I don't know if i'd really play that one anymore it's like i'd rather just be like dedicated and then when that's done let's go dedicate to this you know like i didn't even go i had a wyoming taggers here didn't even go um uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, I thought about it, but I was like, you know what? I, Montana is like primary focus. Like, yeah. Let's get it done here. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, maybe I should have went. Cause like, you never know. You could go down there. it could be hotter and you know, mm. going crazy bulls screaming everywhere. Yep. Um, but you know, and I think if I was going to Wyoming, like if I had another Wyoming tag, maybe I'd I mm. don't know, go first week. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, man. Like anybody that's coming out from some other state. If you like literally just want to kill an elk, if it's dry and you find a wallow that's been hit, that's been torn up recently, sit on that thing first week. Oh yeah. No, it, it just yeah. in general, I mean, because yeah. they're, they're gonna use it. I mean, they're gonna hit that thing. Like
0: the only time that changes is if you get to like see a wallow and there's people everywhere. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's gonna affect it. Yeah,
1: but. I mean, but like, yeah, it's it just seems like if you find a wallow that's kind of like secluded or whatever. Oh, dude. It's they're, they're going to hit it. Yeah. You sit that thing for three days. If it's dry, you're killing an elk <laughs> period. Like, especially if there's a good population of elk around, if you're in a mountain area that has a lot of elk, dude, there's no question. I mean, I just, I just don't want to do it. Yeah, That's the thing for me is like, <laughs> I, I live to call elk in September. That's like yeah. all I want to do. I like literally every, like every place I've ever worked, since I was like an adult that had any kind of adultness in him whatsoever, I would like in my interviews, I'd be like, Hey, uh, so, just so you know, like I take September off. <laughs> like I like literally like, I don't work in September because this is what I live for. I mean, I love to fly fish and stuff too. I love to do all, like a few different things, but calling elk and talking to them is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And if I only get to experience it for a month out of the year, I'm doing it every year until I'm dead, (laughs) you know?
0: Dude, that's awesome.
1: I mean, and I'd I'd much rather call him than shoot him. I mean, I I love just, like, that interaction. It's so cool. And, like, and then when other people have success, it's awesome. You know, like, I'm not like, oh, man, I wish it was me. This year, I wish it was someone else. You know, like, when I shot that one this year, I wish it was my buddy Roger. He's been hunting with me for, like, six, seven years now. You know, he's 62 years old, never killed enough with his bow. And I'm, like, going... When's Roger going to kill one? You know, like, yeah. and he's, he shot a few with me and just like, I swear he's like the worst luck. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he's yeah, it's weird. I mean, we've lost a couple that I'm just going, that thing's dead and never, uh-huh. find, you know, just never find him. You're like, what in the world? You know? So I would rather him shot, you know, my, my wife shot hers last year, three days into season. Same thing. Opening weekend was garbage. It was, it was raining and stuff. They were super quiet. Third day season. Get into this basin, boom, bull, 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 bull. It was like four or five bulls over there. All right, start working over there. Get them, get him going. Pissing off this one, working him, working him, and all of a sudden this five point comes off a wallow and just comes running right to us. That's you all know, fun. like I, I didn't even know he was even there, and all of a sudden she shoots him. You know, like he's <laughs> like came running past her and then like walked, you know, twenty yards away, and she's like third day of the season. She's never like actually hunted herself, you know, before. She's hunting with her dad growing up. craig third day of season she smokes one of my dad's like oh my god he's like that's awesome he's like are you kidding me because my dad is my dad is 50 51 something like that he's never killed a bull in his life really yep and, and he's a good hunter. he taught me like a lot of stuff you know and i so like do you think it's a out- different
0: era i was talking to someone else about this how it's like you know my dad never killed a six point like obsessed probably more obsessed with elk than I, well maybe not with me but like very close you know like and he killed i don't know 16 18 spike elk you mm-hmm. know like just a pile in Oregon. yeah, in yeah. Oregon. and <laughs> <In Oregon. laughs> i'll never forget like the last times i ever got to hunt with him we uh we had ukiah hair tags back when, when the hair tags like mm-hmm. that was a thing and it was like hard to draw right and so mm-hmm. he gets his hair tag and he's like that was gonna be a six point he's gonna kill a six point and we haunted like new areas all over and you know i got stuck with grandpa because i couldn't hunt with him and uh ended up shooting a spike that year and never did kill one and then i killed i remember when i killed my first six point and mom's like oh man you're dead you know, so it was funny because now i look back i'm like how did he never kill a six point not that hard
1: yeah i don't know there's, there's a lot of them <laughs> that's i mean that's the standard mature bull i mean yeah. it's from four or five years on you yeah. know that's, that's what they are, you know, yeah. but I, it took me a few years. I mean, so i i mean, been, I've been elk hunting since I was 12 in Oregon. You know, I shot a cow with a rifle when I was 12 on a youth, like a youth hunt, late season deal. And then ever since then I shot that cow, I was like, I'm never doing this again. I'm, I'm bow hunting for the rest of my life. Like, really. yeah, it's just, it's so much different. You know, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the disruption of the rifle. That's the thing for me. Like I, I had to rifle hunt one year and I just don't like them. It's just, <laughs> it's just so like disruptive to they're the nature, very different you know yeah it's a totally different style of hunting and everything but um I, I mean growing up in oregon i shot at one spike when i was in high school i shot one cow a water hole and got like an inch of penetration at 30 yards and that's why i'll never shoot cut <laughs> on contact ever again yeah. I, that blew my mind it could have just been like the perfect angle against yeah. a rib bone or something i don't know it was it was weird it's it, i was like that's a smoked it. I was like, that thing's dead. And it was sticking way out. I'm like, what in the world? But then I moved, you know, hunted for a few more years in Oregon, like moved to Montana in 2013. And I've killed an elk all but two years. My first year when I quit, like I was telling you, like my spot vanished. I didn't have a backup plan and I was young and stupid. I should have known to just keep hunting. But yeah but that, right,
0: then, that i would say i like that will make you stick it out more times afterwards when oh, yeah. you quit and then you regret it you're like yeah like what could
1: have happened that year oh, yeah. you know uh and then i had to, uh last year with like when Amanda shot hers and all that like i uh i didn't kill an uncle last year but it's fine as long as one of us fills the freezer yeah it's all good <laughs> yeah you know, like that's 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 enough meat
0: for a year so dude that's awesome
1: yeah that's good
0: but um
1: so now is it like two
0: tags per or two tags per year? You're gonna go to a different state every year?
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of my plan. Like you know, like as I'm getting older, you know, I I've realized a few things. I'm only 28, so like, it's like <laughs> as I'm getting older, but literally as I'm getting older, I'm just kind of realizing like you got to live when you're young, yeah. you know? Like and I and elk hunting is a young man's game. It's not. It's not for everybody, man. It's especially the shit that I do. Like I, i we do a lot of miles, and it's yeah. a lot of climbing over logs and up mountains and down mountains and it's just like when people hunt with me they're just like damn this is ridiculous i i typically lose 20 pounds a year well no in september in a month i usually lose 20 pounds of like muscle mass and some fat just from hiking so much but so being a young man's game i'm like i gotta do this as much as possible while i'm young experience as many places and i like really regret not putting in for a lot of tags i i've never put in for goat sheep moose none of that like i'd love to do it but i'm so like yeah. addicted to elk hunting that i'm like I, that's all i want to do really i mean I'd, I'd like to go on those hunts they'd be awesome but i'm like so committed to elk hunting that i'm like well, i need to hunt every state yeah you know and like all different types of units and like nice. it's like, fun to learn it's hunt like eastern montana and like different more open glassing stuff i don't even care binoculars in the woods i hunt timber <laughs> you know like <laughs> really yeah like, what's the point? When he steps out, he's going to be right there. He's going to be under a hundred yards. And if he's got antlers that stick up, I'm going to shoot him. You know, like I'm not passing
0: them up. That's I'm, awesome. I'm not,
1: I'm not going to be like, Oh, let him go so they can grow. No, that yeah. thing is dead. Like it, cause, because what I've realized is that you have most time, one opportunity a year, yeah. if that, and that's all I ask for. You give me one shot a year. You know, like if I can get one shot, I'm satisfied. If I blow it, that's, that's me. That's, that's on me. It's, yeah. you know, but if it takes me, and that's what like what blows my mind is guys will be like, oh, I got a five day hunt in Montana. I got five day. I'm like, dude, I hunt the entire month, <laughs> and it, and I don't expect to get a shot. <laughs> And I, I feel like I'm a pretty good elk hunter and I'm like, if I get one shot, I'm satisfied. Yeah. And these guys come out and they're like, oh, I got five days to get it done. I'm like, you better be paying ten thousand dollars to go hunt somebody's ranch, because if you're on public land, I think good that's luck, where man. the
0: misnomers come from. It's like people are like, well, five they look at the, the interwebs and they're like, Oh, I can book a five day hunt. And then they're like, Okay, so I'll just go on a DIY hunt. Nope. No. <laughs> different stories, yeah. different categories. If you, got, if
1: you got the cushion, if you got that financial cushion, man, I'd
0: I, I, you know, I've always pushed people, like, you need to, like, stop putting elk hunting on a pedestal and just go do it. But I also believe, like, man, there's something to be said. If you can ever swing it, like, if you're young, swing it. Like, give up a season and go hunt for 20 days yep. in one state. Like, that changed my life probably more than hunting in three states. You know, it was, like, just living yep. with elk and being out there for that long. Oh, yeah. Like, I think
1: I took three showers at home in September In September,
0: year that's pretty awesome
1: yeah that's i mean it's, it's what i live for man it's yeah. just it's the best thing in the world it's so cool it's uh, they're just like a crazy animal that's they're just and you never stop learning about them they're just no. they're always like doing things do when cory had that when cory had that bull hiss in his face i was like okay whoa hold on a second <laughs> like is that normal and we just don't know it you know like yeah. that's like one of those things like I, i'd like to you know do more you know, talking to people about elk and learning about them and people's experiences and all that is that I wonder if that's one of those things that happens that we just don't experience, that we don't see. We're not out there enough to know that elk actually do hiss.
0: I, heard, know, like, I heard about this, but I don't know. What, what are you talking oh, about? Like,
1: dude. So he shoots this bull. This. He shoots a bull. I think it was in Idaho. Um, was this last year, I think? Yeah, it was last year's Destination Elk 2. So he, was, um, he shoots this bull, and he's dead, right? They're with the dead bull. And him and his brother are talking and the camera guys filming this stuff, yada, yada, whatever. And this bull is like, boom, and he bugles. And he's like, oh, like, the other one's right there. Because th- there was already two. They knew that there was another one. This bull like bugles and he's like, oh, he's right over there. And I don't think Corey even called. And this bull just comes walking right to him. I mean, it, like from me to you, like the wall. I mean, it was like right there, right? And so this bull is walking, walking, walking. The camera guy's like zooming out as he's getting closer. And he's standing right behind Corey. And the, bull, and the bull's, like, comes up, walking, walking, walking. And he, like, sees the dead bull. And he, like, he looks him, and he's, like, what the? You can tell he's, like, surprised. He, like, he like stops and he kind of backs his head up. Like, what What are you doing? You know, like, bull's dead on the ground, right? Yeah. And I don't know if he just. It's kind of bizarre. Like, you'd think that you'd see an elk and be, like, oh, he's just laying down. Yeah. You know, like, why was he so surprised? I don't know. But this bull just, like, backs up a little bit. And he's, like, whoa. And then he stands there and he's looking at him. And then he just, like turns his head and just he goes like right in Corey's face. Like like hissing at the other bull. It's really weird. And I don't know if it's like a if it's a like a fighting thing? thing or I don't know. I my guess is that it would be like a an absolute challenge. But it was really weird. He like hisses and then, like as he's hissing, Corey like lifts his arms. He's like, "Nope." And then, then the bull's like, "What the?" And then he trots, you know, ten yards away and stands there. And yeah, you know, it's a three ten bull just standing there, like uh. within you know twenty minutes of within shooting range. Rock, you yeah. know, uh, but yeah, it was just it was bizarre, you know. But what? like you would think that things like that, like you would think that things like that would be noticed in places like Banff or hmm. you know or like uh, Estes. Yeah. You know, like. You'd think that you'd learn a lot about elk through those kind of places because those elk just don't care and you're just yeah. hanging out with them, you know? But I don't know. When I saw that, I was like, that's really interesting. Yeah, you know, like, and I would love to hear like an explanation to that, like from like an elk biologist, but there might not be. I don't think anybody's ever seen that or heard it or yeah. I've never heard of that ever. So it might've been just like a fight or flight thing. I don't who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he just, he flat hissed. He lifted his lip and hissed with his teeth out. It was really bizarre.
0: Uh, so, that is really weird.
1: Yeah. I don't know. There's always like, there's always going to be things that people are going to experience and learn.
0: That's what I you know, love about out when you go elk hunting it, you're thinking yeah. about the year coming up, it's always like, oh man, what's going to happen this year? Because like, it seems like every year when you had of look back, like, well, that was crazy or this was crazy. Or, like, what's going to happen? You know, yep. I always look at that when I think about, you know, future hunts are like upcoming. It's like, man. It's going to happen this year? What's kind of crazy or what, you know, yep. you just learn so much. It's like, you have this excuse to be in the woods for so much time and you see so much that like, that's irreplaceable to me.
1: Oh yeah. No, that's yeah. the experiences in the woods are. And the naps, dude.
0: The naps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I,
1: and yeah, I spent, I spent a ton of time out there and that's what I tell people when they're like, oh, I want to get into hunting, you know, like elk hunting, whatever. Yada, yada. And I, just like we were talking, I'm like you need time. You got to spend yeah. a lot of time out there. You need to have a lot of misses. You need to have a lot of experience and having playing the wrong chess. You know, you what's, play the um, wrong card.
0: Yeah. What's like, best case scenario? Like when I say, say I'm from Florida and I got my ghillie suit, and my spray down. Yeah. And your ready jeans, to go. My jeans. And your New Balance. And I'm like, hey, what? What's a good timeline? Like, what's? What, what are you like? What's minimum? And then like, what's be- best? What's minimum time was. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, if you're hunting the Climbing Arrow Ranch, I'd say go ahead
0: and hunt for three days. <laughs> Should Jack, be done Jack, by Jack, noon on the first day. Jack
1: and his dad will put you out a bull real quick. Yeah, uh, no, but I mean, if you're hunting public land, I, sh- give yourself a week at least. um I I feel like more than anything, the mo- the most important thing, like weather is pretty important you know because you never know when that september snow is going to happen mm. but it happens every year in montana yeah that's true we had it second day yeah. of season six yeah. inches of snow <laughs> and you never know when it's going to happen but um i would say like planet around the moon phase uh the moon phase is huge from what i've noticed is that like the the full moon is rough man yeah. it's it's tough to find elk during the, like not find them but to like call them in and no. work them and that's honestly you don't get that's many hunting when,
0: hours huh you don't get many hunting
1: hours well that i think that's when like the midday thing comes in even better than anything else is like, cause they were up all night, they're going to nap in the morning. Mm. Th- and then like you get on that, like that late morning, like midday, that's when that's almost like morning time or evening mm. time for them during, a, during a full moon. So it seems like that's like your best chance at getting on one to like get them fired up or just have elk talking and up and moving is like midday on a full moon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say plan it around a, like on around the moon phase, trying to do as little moon as possible. Um, if you're not a, it just depends on what you want to do. If you like, if you're confident in calling,
0: let's be honest. Maybe wait until a gilly suit blue jeans and scent control. I'm not confident. In no, calling. I just I, <laughs> no,
1: I just say go. I just say go sit on water. Yeah. If it's dry, hunt the first week. Give yourself a week. Sit on water, like where you like. Go find a wallow. You know, spend a day or two like hiking the bottom of drainages or the, the, actually here's some advice, the very top of the drainage. Yeah. When you see a creek on your onyx or whatever you're using.
0: Where it starts is The wet. very top
1: <laughs> is almost always going to be a marsh. Or if it's not a marsh, it's just a spring coming out of the ground. Those elk will always find, they, they like create the creek it seems like. They always dig it up right where yeah. it starts. Yeah. And that's where their wallow's at. So if you're drinking that water, <laughs> just know there's probably elk piss in there. <laughs> but yeah, no, fresh mountain stream. So that's what I would recommend. Is and especially on probably east facing or um, east facing or north facing slopes. Nice. That's what I'd recommend if you just want to shoot an elk because. I did. I water, just,
0: I think so out. many people put it on a pedestal. I think get out, do it. Like book a week of time to go live in the woods. Like it'll mm-hmm. it'll change your life. Oh yeah, no question. It's and learn to call gutter. <laughs> Gooder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you just learn how to cow
1: call, I mean yeah. it, that's huge too. Like just locate people go call. Things. Those are
0: the two you need to know. Like if you can locate, like God, you're so much more powerful. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's funny, like I mean, even people like Ryan Lampers. Like I watched a video where he's on. I know you know him, right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're pretty good friends with him. Yeah. Uh, like I was watching a video with him. And all he does is cow call. It, and that's. If he calls, yeah. you know, like he's, he a, he's just a, much. he's just a predator. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but Dude. yeah, he's just like, oh, I need to do something. Me, One yeah. time, you know, like whatever. He
0: rakes a lot more than people know. Like uh, he rakes a lot. behind the scenes yeah. kind of guy. Uh, yeah.
1: But I mean, there's, and there's a lot of guys that everyone's got their own tactics. If you're mm-hmm. a still hunter and you cow call and you're doing whatever, I mean, me, I'd like to just scream in their face, piss them off. That's one of my favorite things to do. But if they don't want to play and I have cow call, all right. Now you got to learn all these vocalizations that cows make. What are they saying? Because cows are even harder to read than bulls. There's no question that
0: mm. cows
1: and their vocalizations, because they're the boss, you know, like the, especially the lead cow, what she says is like really important. And, and the whole herd has to understand what she's talking about. she'll be like, let's go. Or she's like, we're staying here or we're comfortable. Like whatever she's saying, there's. There's a lot of lead that's cows huge. that
0: like to kill over the years. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. The ones that bust you and are just like, man that bull's coming. Uh, but yeah, That if you learn how to speak cow, <laughs> speak cow. You can, you can probably manipulate that herd more than you'd think. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, cow calling isn't just meow, meow, meow. I mean, there's, there's estrus sounds, there's distress, there's angry, there's like, you know, all kinds of different sounds that they make. And if you throw out the wrong vibe, so you're not going to get any attention. It's not necessarily over, they're just, they're not going to listen to you.
0: Yeah. You know, like
1: you can get a bull. Like I had a bull in 2018 on that video that um, hold the camera video on YouTube. A, little, a decent amount of people have seen that um, there's a part in there where like it doesn't, I don't show the whole clip very long, but there was a bull early on opening day. I think your second day season that I was working. He responded to a bugle first, but then he just didn't want to like play because mm-hmm. he, he already had a group of cows. And that one I had to cow talk and he just he just whine, man. He's just whining. He's just like, he was with his cows and he was like, come with us. We're going this way. And I, and I was sitting there like doing my cow calls. I was going, no, come here, please. I was like, <laughs> just whining at him, whining at him. And he's like,
0: Ooh.
1: you know, just like, I mean, he's super talkative, but he was like, I can't. we going this way and I have to follow him. You know, like, come with us. And I was just like, no, come back here. And he was just like,
0: oh, I love you.
1: You know, like, and it's just so funny, like how you have these interactions with elk. And, we were having a conversation. There's no question. Like I was talking to him, I was you trying to sweet talk him. The I, was shit like, out of that hey. I was like, "Come here." <laughs> it was like, come "Check it out." Like I, I want you to come hang out with me. And he was like, "Okay." <laughs> Mom says they have to go this way because that lead cow was like, "We're moving," and he was yeah. like, "I ain't leaving these cows." It's and so we, I mean, I, I I thought for a second that maybe he was going to turn around, and I bet he probably stopped a couple times, but we never saw him. He just right. he just stayed with them, and yeah, he's right there. It's not far, but I mean, he was just.
0: What's the video what's that video?
1: That was uh hold the camera, um, on YouTube. What's your YouTube channel? Uh Timberwolf Outdoors.
0: We'll put a link so, in yeah, it. That's
1: um, it's just something I like to do. It's a hobby. You know, I, I used to think that I wanted to like do it. I was like, I'm gonna do a YouTube thing. And now I'm just like, you know, I just love to share the experiences like what we're talking about. Like you gotta go experience this stuff, and there's so many things that people don't see that I'm like, you just gotta share it. Whether mm-hmm. it's photos or videos or whatever, like there's so much stuff to see and experience that if you have the camera rolling, you can see some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. You know, or you can share some pretty cool stuff. So Yeah, for sure, for
0: sure. That's uh um yeah well thanks for jumping on, man. We'll put a link in the show notes and people go check that out. And yeah. Yeah. Dude, got me all excited. It's the elk season right. yet. I know, right? How many, How many more months,
1: months we got? <laughs> <laughs> 10 months? I know an elk season, like the uh, rifle season just ended. Uh but yeah. It's uh it's gonna be good. Hopefully, I mean, next year can't be any worse. So hopefully hopefully it's a more normal normal yeah (laughs) Yeah. we're talking like world stuff and also elk i mean it was just a bad year so yeah like the elk thing hopefully it's much more normal you know but i I believe it will be so everybody needs to get out and experience elk hunting at at least at one point in their life you know there's no question and not necessarily like a high fence ranch kind of deal like go do it put yourself in the playing field play your cards see how see how you do you know
0: yeah yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. All right, buddy. Maybe Appreciate it.
1: it. All right, cool.
0: Alrighty, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Elk Hunt Podcast. If you love elk hunting content, tips and tactics, all that jazz, then go leave this podcast a review wherever you listen to podcasts at. Much appreciated. And if you're interested, go check out our Elk Hunt 201 course. It's a four step system for doubling your success. It's a great resource and it's gonna make you a better hunter. I guarantee that. Or we'll refund your money. Uh, if you don't get anything out of it, if you don't get $30 out of it, then we'll definitely refund your money. So go check it out. Link in the show notes.